I'm Amanda Leitner and welcome to Rochester Rising, where we amplify the stories of Rochester entrepreneurs. Welcome to episode 225 of the podcast. Here on the Rochester Rising podcast, we really believe in something called inspiration capital. And basically, this means sharing the stories of all kinds of entrepreneurs with many different pathways to business ownership with the hope that you, the listeners, will see yourself within the stories that we tell. We produce and put out a new podcast every Wednesday talking with a Rochester entrepreneur to understand more about their business and why they are driven to create. Each week, we also release a short article on our Rochester Rising website Based on the podcast conversation, we encourage you to check out both and all of the stories of entrepreneurship that we tell on our website at rochesterrising.org. You can find our podcast really wherever you listen into podcast content. You obviously found it somehow, but you can find it on our website as well as through Apple Podcasts, Spotify on our YouTube channel, or really wherever you like to listen into podcast content, we are there. So check us out and make sure that you are subscribed. Rochester Rising is the storytelling arm of Collider. Collider is a Rochester-based nonprofit that works to activate, connect, and empower early-stage entrepreneurs within the Rochester, Minnesota ecosystem. You can find out more about Collider and what this organization does to help entrepreneurs on our website at collider.mn. So today on the podcast, I got to chat in person with local entrepreneurs Hima Sai Kishore and Mangesh Mane, founders of Eureka Kids Child Care Center, a facility that opened its doors in Northwest Rochester in July of 2018. Eureka Kids was developed out of a need these entrepreneurs saw in the community for more childcare options, especially one focused on multiculturalism and diversity. Today on the podcast, we talk with this husband and wife team about how they balance family life and full-time jobs at Mayo Clinic with their work at Eureka Kids. We also talk about the building and launch of the child care center in the community, how they navigated 2020, what keeps drawing them back to this type of work, and much more. So we'll launch right into the podcast with Hamasai Kishore and Mangesh Mane with Eureka Kids Child Care Center. All right. Well, Hema, my gosh, thanks so much for, for being here today, doing a podcast and talking about kind of your entrepreneurial journey here in Rochester. I appreciate it. Thanks for inviting us, Amanda. So I wanted to start and how I start talking with everybody. Um, can you talk a little bit about where you're from and how you got here in Rochester? Well, as you know, uh, I'm Hema Saikishore, and here, uh, I'm here with my husband, Mangesh Mani. Uh, both of us uh, come from India, uh, and I grew up in the southern part of India and Mangesh in the central part of India. As you know, India is diverse, and uh, growing up, I was brought up in a, a joint family, a family of 25 people. Uh, we had a lot of, um, all the siblings uh, were toge- together growing up, around 12 kids, I suppose. Now, looking back, I feel we had a mini daycare at home. And um, at my uh, age of 20, uh, I got married uh, to my ex-husband and moved into a different state and a town in India. 
had a difficult marriage but uh, did overcome uh, all the challenges uh, completed my education and uh, in 2011 uh, my ex husband passed away due to cancer uh, and uh, in 2014 i traveled to uh, us through my job in ibm uh, came to uh, uh, texas in dallas and uh, eventually we both connected uh, and got married in 2015 i came to rochester in 1999 So I've been living in this town for quite some time. It's about 20 plus years, I guess, right? Um, I am from Bombay, Mumbai, India. So I grew up in a big city. Uh, so when I moved here, um, I really loved the town uh, because of the sheer size and diversity. Um, like, like her story, you know, I have my story. I went through a difficult marriage and uh, got divorced and um, I had to fight for the... for the custody of the kids and all um in 2014 we got connected through um you know online group and immediately you know we had a bonding so i texted her she texted me and then um she has two kids i have two kids and our kids also gelled in really well and then um we went to each other's place and then decided to um you know marry and Uh, stay in Rochester. So, we have four kids, um, ranging from twenty-two, eighteen, sixteen, and ten years old. Mm-hmm. So, four amazing kids, uh, and we have a, um, a two, three-year-old dog. Uh, my dog. <laughs> That's our family. So. Yes. Yeah, I remember now. You're. I. Re- yeah, I remember a lot of your story now. You reminded me. I probably met you, Hema, in twenty sixteen, something like that. Maybe a little bit later. I can't quite remember. at a chamber of yeah, yeah 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 <laughs> yeah now i'm remembering it's yeah that refreshed my memory a lot <laughs> so yes no that is that is such a cool cool story and you both are engineers right mm-hmm. and right. still kind of doing that full time which is super mm-hmm. cool that you have something that you're doing every day and then doing something following a completely different passion with eureka kids so yeah which is which is super Cool. So, can you talk a little bit about Eureka Kids? So, what is it for people who aren't familiar? Um, well, we'll start with that. What was kind of the vision, and what does Eureka Kids offer in the community? So, um, like you said, you know, we both work in uh, uh, IT, information technology. That's our full-time job. Uh, but um, Hema, coming from her. Uh, she had, she grew up in a um, so uh, growing up my, mm-hmm. i i was uh, take brought up by my grandfather and he was an entrepreneur so my motivation was him as a person he had a, a appliance uh, uh, business and as kids we participated uh, to and helped helped him in the business and he started from the scratch and grew and ensure that all the all his kids and his grandkids were taken care of so he was a big motivation for me and um that passion was always within me where you know i wanted to do something uh, what i saw growing up uh, the way he did i was fascinated the way he did things so 
after we got together and we got married and uh, I saw a good companion in my partner, when I saw that, I felt, you know, I can accomplish my dreams at this point. And that is where we started looking at what are the different options we have, uh, what could we do different uh, from what we are doing in our daily life. As you said, I work as a senior project manager at Mayo and uh, he is a lead analyst, lead analyst at Mayo. Uh, so we were looking at different options and we realized that there was a great need in the community and there was a huge shortage for the child care. There were a lot of uh, uh, articles that were uh, popping up at that point in time where the shortage of the child care was highlighted. And that is where we felt uh, we had the passion for kids as well. So we felt uh, we should open so, a child care center, <laughs> which could possibly, you know, uh, we look into the aspects of diversity and uh, Rochester being a diverse community. We felt we need to um, ensure that the kids understand uh, the diversity and uh, that multicultural aspects as they are growing up, which would help them uh, as adults. So that was the main focus uh, with which we started the center. And then I think uh, we did a lot of research, you know, to see how we should actually build our our um, child care center and how it should be different than the rest of the centers. We had multiple options. One is to basically go with the franchise or, you know, do our own. Um, so we decided to basically start up on our own, um, like a ground-up facility, so that we could implement um, based on our vision, you know, um, a brand new facility, uh, space for um, uh, kids to play indoor, outdoor, plus a, a facility for new moms so they can nurse their babies, a staff lounge and full-time kitchen. So a lot of things were um, taken into account. And um, another thing was basically we created our own um, um, curriculum or, or approach so, um, you know, we started from uh, STEM and then STEM became STEAM and then we added basically two R's and created a smarter mm -hmm. approach that basically takes care of, you know, science, mathematics, arts, reading, technology, engineering, relationships. All of these aspects are very critical for, you know, the sooner we introduce these topics to kids, better it is for them to be a successful person in their life. So... So you both developed the curriculum? Hmm. That's super with the, cool. Yeah, I did not appreciate that, that you would come <laughs> up with it. So what was that process like? How did you, how do you even start coming, doing something like that? So it was then that um, the uh, STEM and STEAM were so popular. And uh, learning through that, understanding more about it, we realized that the two key components, which is uh, relationships and reading, Reading is so critical from that small age where, uh, you know, reading um, improves knowledge for the kids and relationship aspect is very important as well. So that's where we felt um, uh, those two critical aspects need to be focused. Mm -hmm. And uh, it, was, it was very coincidental that we could come up with smarter and we could add those two R's and... Uh, it formed the smarter curriculum. Yeah, no, that's super cool. And 
Yeah, I think so important, too, with kids today, you know, getting that science education early, um, so important, especially for, you know, little girls. Like, I've had this conversation with people before. When I was growing up, probably when you were growing up, too, hey, man, there's no women <laughs> in science or technology that you're mm-hmm. even can look at as an example. So, you know, being social... And the only thing I knew about science, um, like my role model growing up, growing up was um, Rachel Carson. Do you know who that is? She wrote Silent Spring and a huge conservationist and actually grew up right down the road from me. So she was, like, a huge influence. That's what I knew about science was, like, um, wildlife conservation, which is extremely important, but I had no concept of research and technology so so important to have that early right <laughs> some of the things that we have done uh, is um, you know we offer uh, cooking classes uh, yoga classes um, and dance, dance class um, so within the facility within the facility so okay. some of our teachers either uh, they uh, do that activity with, with uh, older kids uh, preschool or pre-K, um, or we basically uh, bring somebody from outside, um, so kids can be exposed to you know meditation, yeah. yoga, things like that, and that has actually helped us a lot. Um, again, this was pre-pandemic, you know, once right. uh, we we were hit with the pandemic, we had to basically pause all these things. So um, we'll basically resume those when when things go back to normal. So that is one thing that is, you know, different. Um, also, we have focused more on diversity. Um, we see that in our staff, uh, all the families that we have. Um, we are very fortunate for all the families that we have in our center. Um, most of them come from, uh, you know, medical background, mm-hmm. um, uh, different cultures, and they're more than happy to basically share their experiences. Uh, their cultural experiences or their professional experiences by visiting center and talking to kids. Um, I remember we had some sessions where um, they came and talked about heart, how the heart works. Um, we had a cardiologist who came in with the model of a heart and oh the preschool pre-K kids were so interested uh, to look at it and explore. And uh, So uh, then uh, we had uh, recently a dentist had come in and you know shared about the how to take care of the tooth and so on. So those kind of activities which makes the uh, motivates the kids and you know create that interest towards science. We try to cover those aspects. Of course, the safety, security, and nurturing of the child is nowhere compromised. Those are the basic needs. So what we are what we are saying here is above and beyond. Uh, the safety security aspects what what we do in addition mm-hmm. uh, that differentiates us yeah. and then our facility is actually secured so all the families they have their own codes um, they cannot I mean before they go to the kids area they have to have, go to the fingerprinting so that has been taken care of we do have cameras so we can watch the kids all the time um, so some of those things are already you know like basic things have already taken care of mm-hmm. Um, we do have a uh, uh, few Spanish-speaking or you know, other language-speaking staff, and they do share their experiences or introduce the the language to to kids, and sometimes that actually helps too. So. Yeah, and we also celebrate uh, 
the multicultural uh, festivals that come up. Say, for example, right now Ramadan is going on, and you know we try to introduce that to the kids. That way, they are aware. Growing up, they are aware. Okay, there is this different culture, this different festival that people celebrate out there, and parents also come in and participate by giving gifts to the kids or talk to them about how they celebrate the festival and so on. Yeah, no, I think that is so cool. Um, I was actually just listening to a podcast yesterday talking about perspective and like what perspective are you sharing through your business and your vision? And I think this is an amazingly very cool and full perspective from the science, the culture to, you know, general wellness with mm-hmm. yoga and meditation for little kids. I mean, that, yeah. <laughs> that has to be, that has to be, yeah, I'm sure challenging, but very yeah. rewarding too. <laughs> That someone can meditate, hopefully, instead of, like, having a tantrum or something. (laughs) And cooking, you know. And kids love that. I mean, we had an overwhelming response in almost all of these uh, sessions. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that is really, really cool. Really, really creative and fun to see that coming forward in the community. Because I remember when it opened and it was... Yeah, it was so fun to come in and look at it mm-hmm. and see all your hard work, you know, coming forward, which had to have been an amazing feeling. I mean, all that work, all that time researching, and then you see it open up and be able to fill a need and help people in the community. That's a large undertaking. Above and beyond starting this year, we have also introduced the multicultural cuisine so that, you know, even in food, we have started bringing in that multicultural uh, foods, uh, mostly what the kids would prefer, so right. that way they don't hate. <laughs> <laughs> but it's good to get, yeah, a well-rounded view early mm-hmm. and try mm-hmm. different things so that you know, right. you're not afraid to try different things later, mm-hmm. right? Or you're mm-hmm. exposed to it. So, yeah, no, I think that is super, super cool. So Eureka Kids was a brand new construction, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Right. That had to have been a massive undertaking. So, you know, what was... How did you choose, what was it like to, you know, find your location, start that process? Because you're, I know exactly where you are, but to, to describe it, you're off West Circle Drive right behind, there's a gas station, yes. past the gas station. So how did you choose that location and what was kind of that build-out process like? Okay. So, yeah, uh, so uh, once we decided basically we wanted to have our own center, um, we started looking for vacant lands. Um, to be honest, actually, we saw probably a four or five places um, and just happened that this came up and then we just liked it so much because of the location. Mm-hmm. It's right in the junction where people coming from Byron basically can go and plus, you know, it's right in the, uh, uh, very close to the downtown Rochester. So, um once we found the land, it was not that difficult because uh, we um, kind of know how to deal with the real estate transactions because we have a few more properties that we have uh, rented out. So uh, we, we just approached our realtor and then uh, went from there. Uh, the difficult part was basically what do we do right. <laughs> once we have land um, because um, it's a brand new construction and something that we have never done, uh, like a big childcare center. Mm-hmm. But we had done a lot of research, um, like what kind of a building we want, 
um, and then uh, what kind of a rooms or facilities, um, fixtures, furnitures we want. Um, so we had kind of pretty much uh, laid, laid out our kind of a high-level architecture diagram. And once we had that, we basically assembled team um, and then went from there. Do you want to explain? Um, so we, uh, we started visiting other, uh, we did visit uh, some other childcare centers and uh, we had a um, uh, uh, few people from other centers who helped us and who guided us uh, on how to, and you know, give us those initial leads. So uh, the first thing was to find uh, a bank uh, that would fund us. And so we approached uh, like six or seven banks uh, to see um, who would be best suitable for our need. And so um, we finally decided, and we bank with, we are banking with Minvest Bank. Um, their uh, uh, logo says doers welcome. And you know, we felt that was so appropriate for them because we wanted to do a lot and we were in that process where we were trying to find out uh, an appropriate bank who could help us. And that kind of came as an opportunity for us. Then uh, the next step was to find the right builder and our realtor did help us uh, and provide us with uh, certain leads and we could, we did narrow down from that. And uh, the builder that we chose were, had experience uh, building um, a childcare center, child center, which the they just for... recently completed and that was a great help to us. Yeah. So he also had some uh, not some, a good amount of knowledge on how uh, all that stuff worked, plus our research that we have put in, everything combined, we worked with the architect to come up with a plan, and then got started on the process. But um, it was a lot of uh, work that yeah. we had to put in, uh, um, doing a lot of research, trying to understand at the same time, going through those um, process at the same time. So we are doing research and we are at the same time implementing. Uh, uh, it took almost like 10 months for the construction to complete. So we would have started somewhere late uh, 2017. And the center, uh, the construction was completed uh, July of 2018, beginning of uh, uh, July of 2018, and then um, the next phase was to get the licensing completed. Uh, so we had the licensing visit, everything went well, and we opened the center uh, on July 30th. You know, one thing, Amanda, there's so much resources available on the internet. You can pretty much Google everything. Um, we did that. Um, like Hema said, we visited a lot of uh, different centers. We also consulted a few folks who were in this industry for a long time, mm -hmm. um, especially to understand all the licensing requirements because you know one thing is to build a facility, other thing is to understand how to run the facility. So um, that was very helpful. Um, we consulted like, two or three consultants in the business and they helped us basically uh, create all the policies, procedures, and all those things. So don't be afraid to ask questions. Mm -hmm. Right. <laughs> You're doing this all the time where you're holding down full-time jobs and ha having a family of four kids and a dog, which is maybe not the dog at that point. <laughs> that's, a that, that's, a, that's a lot. And, you know, yeah. 
even looking at four or five properties, I don't feel like that's that much, but yeah, it's still a lot of time, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's a lot, it's a lot of time and perseverance, um, especially, you know, putting the financing together and things like that. That's yeah, that takes, takes a lot of just pushing forward. I appreciate that we have a good uh, community and uh, a lot of good people around who came forward to help us. And uh, I'm sure, you know, even for anybody who is looking for to start something new, we have a lot of help around here, uh, just that we need to uh, provide that shout out and approach people, talk and research. We have answers all out there. Mm It's just getting connected to the right ones. Right, right, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So Eureka Kids, you serve ages newborns to about six years old. Is that is six that weeks? Right? Six weeks to uh, six years. To about six years. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I wanted to come back to dive deeper into what drew you to a childcare business. Was it because Hema growing up? your experience and with, you know, your grandfather and seeing him, what was the draw to this in particular instead of anything else you could have done? So, um, like, while we were uh, doing the research, yes, definitely we knew that we wanted to start something of our own. Now, uh, while doing the research, that um, highlight of the shortage of a quality childcare center was the key focus. And... um, looking around even for our uh, kids needs Mm -hmm. uh, it was difficult to find Mm -hmm. a safe place where you know we could drop the child and go for work and come back so with that aspect uh, we both put our hearts into what heart into what we are doing and we felt we could uh, establish something like this where uh, you know quality is of utmost importance and Quality is not something that we can achieve overnight. It is. It comes. Uh, it 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 improves over time, and um, with the amount of time, quality time that we put in, and uh, when we look into those, we need to look into those minute details day in day out with the operational stuff. And that is when quality increases. So, um, and we both had passion for kids as well. So the need for the community plus the passion we had from within everything gelled well and we felt you know uh, this is something doable for us and um, we both were sure that we'll put our sweat and blood into it and we'll make it successful and also Hema has a background in teaching so she's a natural teacher you know so uh, and we also had some background in you know how to manage a few businesses so all that combined actually uh, plus the need of the our and all our research. So So I started my career um, in teaching. So I I was in a teaching position for seven years, and it eventually uh, is when I moved into uh, IT. I took up the IT role uh, with IBM. Okay. So so that's where the curriculum development comes in. (laughs) Right. I have (laughs) seven plus years of experience as a teacher. (laughs) I I have, in the past, I have developed a curriculum for different topics in the software field. So, yeah. That is super cool. So you said you have kids ranging from 22 to about 10, right? 
what do they think of the business? Do they do they help out? I mean, they're they're watching and seeing what you all are doing, which I think is amazing. But how are they involved at all in kind of the operations or or any part of the business? Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, um, I mean, yes we, and yes and no. So I mean, yeah. we we were involved. Me and him were involved in the beginning a lot mm-hmm. uh, during um, setting up the business. But nowadays. You know, we go there only towards the end of the day to oversee what's going on. We have a very good director, uh, assistant director, and a, a lot of good staff. I think they manage pretty much day-to-day operations. Uh, kids, yeah, uh, when they are available um, and there is a need, they do step in, whether it's a, a you know, volunteering job or they need to be in the classroom or they need to do some cleaning, <laughs> or help cleaning. us with the <laughs> yeah. help, help us out with some event that's going on. Mm-hmm. So or cleaning up, you know, the facility. I mean, they are always there. All our kids have been other than the ten year old. Um, <laughs> they have been there um, in some capacity to help us out. Yeah. Yeah, and I was going to ask how you kind of balance your jobs with your kids, and it sounds like it's an amazing team. Mm-hmm. So yeah. can you talk a little about your team and? Um, who those people are and, and kind of how they um, how they work together with yourselves as well. So we have Ashley Fries and as a director. Uh, she has been with us for almost a year now. And um, uh, we have an assistant director role. Uh, uh, Amanda uh, Draskowski is the uh, assistant director. And then we have a very good team of lead teachers, assistant teachers, and Aid. We have in total around 22 to 24 staff, including wow. the cook. So we have an on-site cook as well. The team is good, but uh, the pandemic uh, last year brought in some staffing challenges mm-hmm. where we lost a couple of teachers um, who had some uh, existing medical conditions, had to take off work, and uh, that posed some staffing challenges. Um, and that is when uh, I would say, you know, our kids stepped in uh, at a few occasions uh, to help us out uh, because all of that was uh, not uh, something that was predicted. It just happened and, you know, uh, we just got through or over- we did overcome those challenges as we were moving along. Mm-hmm. I- I'm sure that was the case for everyone and... Uh, well, I think childcare centers were some of the most challenging, mm. and I can't quite remember. Did did you have to shut down, or could you not shut down? You could not shut down. We did not shut down okay. because I think um, the childcare uh, was uh, qualified as an essential need mm-hmm. uh, because Mayo being a, a medical town, I think if the nurses and the doctors had to go for a job, mm-hmm. uh, they had to drop their kids somewhere and. Uh, uh, 90% of our families are Mayo families, so we had to keep the center open. And I would be proud at this point to say that we uh, tried to implement everything even before uh, it was mandated. We mandated the mask and all the cleaning mm-hmm. procedures within the facility. Um, we did not have even one case of COVID. That's incredible. Uh, <laughs> it really is. Within the staff or within the child. So touch it. I hope that continues. And uh, so I believe we did an amazing job uh, with the fact what was going around. Um, what was the last year like? Did you have to 
Did you see a drop-off in the number of kids? Did you have to um, restrict, like, groups that could be in rooms? So what does that... I, I can't even imagine what it was like. It had to have been... So, I mean, something we've never dealt with before. <laughs> right, right. So... Uh, since we started in July of 2018, we were growing ever since. And uh, beginning of 2020, we were almost uh, touching the uh, and complete enrollment uh, enrollments. And that is when COVID hit. Oh. So we did see a drop in numbers. We dropped by like maybe 25%. Um, that that was not that bad. Yep. We dropped by 25%. And now, as of today... Uh, past few months, we uh, really see a surge in the inquiries and the admissions. And at this point, we are full again. That's and uh, our centers f- cannot take any more enrollments until next year of April. So we are full until April of 2022. And we have a waiting wait list that, is, uh, That's great. that just started. What's, how many kids can you have in the facility? So we can have around 96, 96. Okay. 96 kids. I was thinking it was around 80, but I couldn't quite remember. Yeah, 96. So that's great. It's gotten really close to where it was before mm-hmm. then, which, mm-hmm. is, which is amazing. Um, that's something I wanted to ask you, too, about the need for childcare. And I know it's hard to kind of assess right now because it hasn't been normal. Mm-hmm. But you said when you were starting this in 2017, 2018, there was just such a massive need. There were wait lists forever, you know, as soon as your child was born, you probably needed to get them on a wait list. Right. Has anything changed? Has it gotten better <laughs> as far as have we gotten closer to meeting the need in the community in general for childcare and your opinions or what you're seeing? Um, it's just hard to assess. <laughs> it, it is hard to assess uh, specifically with what is going on here yeah. yeah. at this point yeah. with Mayo announcing a lot of uh, work from home, and um, most of the jobs are getting remote. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's difficult to assess the uh, market need, mm-hmm. but uh, based on what we are seeing, uh, definitely it looks like you know there are more um, uh, people who are looking out for care and. Uh, Somewhere, if we are running a wait list, either somebody else has a um, position vacant mm-hmm. or definitely there should be a shortage at this point is what I'm thinking so, as well. Mm-hmm. I think the one thing that has changed, uh, and maybe because of the pandemic, is uh, uh, the family child care, you know. Oh, yeah. That has taken a big hit because of the covid Mm-hmm. and the restrictions that is uh, you know licensing requirements and so and there have been changes to licensing requirements mm-hmm. to the family um, child care centers as opposed to what it was before so what we are hearing is a lot of family child care centers have kind of closed down mm-hmm. possibly that would be um, a reason why we are seeing that surge because we heard a lot of family uh, centers uh, i mean care centers closed mm-hmm. And those would be like the at home. At home, home care. Yeah. Okay, yeah. okay. Yeah. Even like the work from home though too. Like I have a friend who now works remote from Mayo and she has a three year old child and 
she has childcare for him just because mm-hmm. how are you supposed to, how can you work, like, like, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. even if you're at home. Um, I don't think they do it every day like they would, but, you know, mm-hmm. there's still a need, and I do think people are, you know, maybe there will be a percentage that doesn't ever come back in to mm-hmm. downtown or wherever, um, but, yeah, people will start now this summer, I think, to get back to some sort of normalcy in terms of work yeah. Where they're working from, yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, I wanted to end by asking you a question I ask everybody. You know, you said you have full-time jobs. You're kind of in the IT field, plus you're doing this, you know? I'm sure there's some challenging days where you're just exhausted and tired, and it's challenging running a business. What keeps you coming back to doing this? What do you love about being a business owner and Eureka Kids um, specifically? I think uh, one thing is, I mean, obviously we have a passion for for kids, you know. Um, We have put our heart um, building Eureka Kids. I still remember when we started, we had a handful of kids. And now it's not a chaos, but the the sound of all the kids playing. And so, and we have seen the kids growing up. Mm Like I said, we, we do full-time job, but at the end of the day, we do visit um, and see what's going on at the center. Um, we have seen the one thing that keeps us going again and again is seeing those little kids growing up. Um, we have met so many um, uh, connections and a lot of good families and kids. Um, it's just fun to watch them when they come as an infant Mm-hmm. and yeah. they go to the transition and they start talking in the toddler space and when they go to the pre-K room and yeah. they share you know, what they have learned, all those things, it's just a Seeing them grow, learn. learn, talk, I mean, that gives absolute joy and happiness and definitely that is what keeps us going. Yeah, and now you've been there for a couple, you know, three years, three years. years. so you've really mm-hmm. been with some kids from the beginning to now, mm-hmm. you know, which is quite the journey to mm-hmm. have that impact on a kid and to expose yeah. them to what you've, you've been doing is mm-hmm. just incredible. Yeah, we do a graduation when they graduate, you know, even in childcare <laughs> center, that's silly, but it's fun to, fun oh, to see yeah. that. It's a, it's a great achievement, you know. Um, they learned a lot of things and then we make sure they are prepared um, to go to the kindergarten so that gives us a great joy to see you know, their growth. That was my last question for you all. Um, I'll wrap up by asking you for any final thoughts you have that we didn't get to talk about and where is the best place for people to connect with Eureka Kids and to find out more about what you're doing? Sure. So um, um, just to summarize, basically... Um, Eureka Kids, um, you can check us out on um, EurekaKidsMN.com. That's our website. Uh, we do have Instagram and Facebook. Um, you can check check us out there. Um, like we said, we this is a local family-owned business. Mm-hmm. Um, and we are making sure, basically, we do something totally different. Um, and that's the primary reason why we did not... Um, went for a franchise route so we can implement our vision and give it back to a community in, in some way. Um, it's good to see that, you know, um, the vision that we had is 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 uh, coming to fruition and 
and um, things are changing. Um, I mean, um, it's uh, it's very satisfying um, to see things are moving forward. Um, we learned a lot during last year. Twenty uh, twenty has taught us so many things in in less amount of time, and that can be seen with so many changes that we have seen how uh, different businesses have adopted like in our centers we never used to give a uh, virtual tours right but now we are doing a lot of virtual tours and a um, lot of things have actually changed and it, it's, it's doing good so uh, we would uh, ask all of you to basically visit our facility um, see for yourself how Eureka Kids is different than the rest of the other childcare centers and visit us uh, and um, let us know. I mean, uh, for other folks who are entrepreneurs, you know, like Hema said, um, we have that. received a lot of help from community. Uh, we will be more than happy to help anybody who wants to basically start a business. If it's a childcare, we know how to do things. But if it's And based else, on our journey, I truly believe um, for someone to succeed and to achieve something, it's purely passion and hard work that we need to put in, and you definitely achieve it. With business, there is definitely some amount of risk associated with it. So that is an additional aspect that uh, somebody who is looking into starting a business need to have. They should be willing to take that risk, and then. If you put your heart, everyone should succeed, would be able to succeed. Mm -hmm. And I think you can tell when people pour their hearts into things, it definitely shows. Mm -hmm. yep. So, yeah, well, thank you so much for this conversation today and for what you're doing here in the community and, and sharing your journey with others. I appreciate it. Thanks, thank Amanda. you, Amanda. Thanks for inviting us and uh, giving us the opportunity to share about this. Thanks so much to Hema and Mangesh for coming in and having this great conversation and sharing their journey with you today. You can find links to learn more about Eureka Kids Child Care Center in our show notes. And be sure to check out an article based on this podcast that's coming out tomorrow on the Rochester Rising website. So that's it for us at the podcast today. Thank you so much for spending a few minutes of your time today learning more about entrepreneurs and business development taking place here in Rochester, Minnesota. It's a huge help to us if you subscribe to the podcast wherever you're listening in. And if you can take some time to rate the podcast, we'd really appreciate it so that more people can hear the stories of entrepreneurship taking place in Rochester, Minnesota. We'll be back next Wednesday with a brand new show. 